Hello and welcome to The Pulse. I'm Preston Ross, your host, and this season we're going to be doing things a little bit different. I'm going to be focusing in more on the Blue Book and Colorado politics than I am on national politics, in part because so many people know what's going on on the national level in a way that they don't typically do. We don't see in a, in a typical election cycle, but we're all spending a lot of time at home, which means we all have a lot of time in front of the television. So I'm not going to focus on the national election this time around, but I am going to be focusing, at least for now, on the Colorado Blue Book, which is a wonderful, fabulous tool that actually helped me get into doing this show and providing content, hopefully, that is useful to you when you go and into the world and think about politics. So, we're going to take just one little break, but I just wanted to let you know what's coming up. We've got some... Oh, it's all blue book today. Every little thing is blue book. So, we're going to be talking about a couple of amendments today, but we're also going to be talking about the blue book itself, which um, is, I think, the first thing we need to cover so that we know what we're talking about. So, after this quick break... The Blue Book. What is it and how on earth do you use it? I'm Preston Ross and this is The Pulse. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, heck, even Tinder's telling you to register to vote today. And I am going to do the same thing. So yeah, I sound like a broken record. I know. But if you're not registered to vote, go to govotecolorado.gov and register today. It will take you less than five minutes, and if you do it before October 26th, you will receive your very own mail-in ballot delivered directly to your house. So if you live in Colorado, go to govotecolorado.gov and register today. So, the blue book, let's get into it. Let's get into it. So, the blue book, if you live in the state of Colorado, this all only applies if you live in the state of Colorado, is something you get in the mail every time there's an election, but nobody really bothers to explain to you what on earth that thing is. So, we're going to start by doing that. It is a collection of all of the ballot initiatives that are going to be on the ballot in the state, which is plain and simple. Everything that we, the people throughout the state, statewide, are going to be voting on is going to be in this ballot. Now, keep in mind, this does not include candidates uh, for running for office. It only includes the ballot initiatives, which means any amendments to, to our state constitution and any propositions which would change our state stature, and it includes a review of all of the judges who are up for retention, and we'll get to that and what all of that means. But first, we have to talk about amendments and propositions. So, in the state of Colorado, whenever we want to amend our state constitution, we can, or I guess I suppose we have to, vote on it. We the people have to vote on it which gives us a lot of control over state legislation, but it also makes it so that there is a threshold. It it still has to be important enough for enough people to want it, for it to happen. So, thus, we have a fancy little blue book. But you may say, what do you mean? 
what what do you mean when it has an amendment in it? Well, so am- amendments are usually put into the into the um they're put on the ballot by one of two sources. You can either get a proposition or amendment on the ballot by gathering signatures from the general population of the state, or you can be part of the legislature and vote to have it be a constitution that a constitutional amendment, you know, you can help create those and then propose them into the book from the legislature. So <clears throat> a couple of places where that all comes from. But those those are the two sources. Those are your two sources. And once it is, once we can get it on the ballot, then the blue book work starts. A committee is formed of state representatives and state senators, and they get together and they take all the stuff that's going to be on the ballot, and they take it from what I refer to as legalese, they take it from that language, and they they translate it into English, which is good and great and fine and all, but the problem with it still is that English isn't necessarily the common vernacular, which you know, they still use a lot of legal lingo, to put it simply. So a lot of people still don't quite get everything that's in the blue book, but fortunately, I am going to take be taking the time to learn to understand these things and bring them to you. So that's what we're going to be covering here with the blue book. And, <clears throat> and so this committee... This committee that I just previously mentioned gets together, and after they translate everything into English, they add a few few extra things. So instead of just stating what the bill would do, they also include how the bill would impact us fiscally as a state, <clears throat> the pros and cons of the proposition or amendment, or what they call it is the arguments for and the arguments against the bill. And they also include just a plain and simple what a yes vote for the bill or proposition would stand for and what a no vote of the bill or proposition would stand for. So we're going to be covering all of that and so much more. So we're going to take one more short break and then we're going to get into it with Proposition 77, or maybe it's Amendment 77. Amendment 77, my apologies. So buckle up, it's going to be a fun ride. I'm going to be taking you through this all the way through Election Day this uh, election season. So I'm, I'm excited, and I hope you're excited. So we'll see you on the other side. Hello, this is The Pulse on Ames Student Radio. The Pulse with Preston Ross, Ames Student Radio's only... And we're back. Back to the real show. This is no longer an ad. So, Amendment 77. What is it? What does it mean? And why do you care? Well, there's a lot of good questions in there. But we'll start with the easiest one to answer. What on earth is it? So, Amendment 77 to the Colorado State Constitution, which shall be on the ballot in 2020, is... The title of it is Local Voter Approval of Casino Bet Limits and Games in Blackhawk, Central City, and Cripple Creek. 
which on its face sounds incredibly boring. But it's actually a really interesting, at least it's interesting to me, and if you're listening to this, hopefully it's interesting to you, because hopefully you're voting on this. So, what it will do is two primary things. This bill will serve two primary functions. If it passes, it will allow voters in three gaming cities in the state of Colorado, Blackhawk, Central City, and Cripple Creek, to increase or remove current bet limits and approve any new casino games in each of their cities. And, secondly, it will expand the current use of casino tax revenue to include community colleges, including, including fees like or funding like student retention and completion programs. So that's where that money would be going once it's raised. So it's going to expand where some of our money from betting games goes, along with allowing voters in their in cities with, with gambling to actually vote on their betting limits in their cities and what games are allowed in their cities, which to me, I'm surprised. I'm a little bit surprised that they don't already have that, but at the same time, I understand why they don't. It's something the state has been voting on instead of the localities. So we would be giving some we would be giving some power to the people who live in these cities, but we'd also be taking some of that power away from the rest of us. So what does a yes vote for Amendment 77 mean in your life? Well, for the most part, it won't mean that much, Um, in part because that's just how most laws work, is that we don't really see a lot of the effects in our own immediate lives, even if they are happening and they're changing things. Sometimes we just don't notice them. So, a yes vote for Amendment 77 means that the voters of Blackhawk, Central City, and Cripple Creek all of which are betting cities in the state of Colorado, will be allowed to increase or remove casino bet limits, which is what our taxation on a lot of this is based off of, but we'll get to that. And it would approve new casino games to help fund community colleges, like Ames Community College. Well, I don't know if this would go to Ames. I believe it would be going to community colleges in those local areas, but... I'm not entirely sure, going to be honest. It's not very well spelled out here. Not yet. So this this blue book, I, I do have to warn you, this blue book was had a lot of issues coming to us. So usually we get this a lot earlier. I didn't get this till late September. And part of that is because of the pandemic that is currently happening. But a lot of it also has to do with the fact that This is put together by a bipartisan group, which usually you hear the word bipartisan and you usually think, oh, that means they got along. No, no, it doesn't. It means that they were able to come to a conclusion that they all agreed on. So it took a while because there were some fights here. So there's some information that is a little bit harder to parse out all of this. And most of that information, honestly, is stuff that you and I don't really need to know. I don't... Uh, overall, we don't need to know the exact percentages and the exact numbers. Um, you know, if we raise a million dollars for the state of Colorado through taxes, most of us don't understand what that means. 
or where that money's going. So really what I'm going to be focusing on is ignoring a lot of those numbers and just giving you, you know, the ways it will be affecting the world, not exactly how much or how little it will be affecting us. And a no vote on Amendment 77 would mean that current casino bet limits, which are fairly limited, and the games available in uh, these three particular betting cities would remain the same and would require a statewide vote to make any changes to those restrictions instead of just a local vote. So that's what I mentioned earlier. We'd be giving up the power as a state, as a full state, to be able to decide decide some of these things and be granting that power to the citizens of these cities. So overall, that's... That's generally speaking what we're talking about, but um, you need to know a little bit more, I think. I think you need to know a little bit more. So the way taxes are currently, these taxes are currently figured out, is they take, they do some math. They look at bet limits, and they also look at payouts made by the casinos, and then a little bit of magical math happens, and we suddenly have a fabulous tax number. Now, a lot of that is based on how much, like, the uh, amount of money spent on bets is. So if the bet limit did go up, so would the tax revenue. But by also including community colleges and some of that funding, funding some of that through these taxes, we'd also be taking away from some of those taxes. Now, I don't know if we'd be making enough taxes to make up the difference, or we'd be making excess taxes to make up the difference, or if we'd start making no new taxes and pretty much nothing would change. I don't know. But what I do know is that the amount of taxes raised would most likely increase, assuming assuming that the citizens of the locales or of the city of these cities, um, vote to increase the bet limits. So, what we're doing here is entirely about giving up power as a state, yet at its core, because we would no longer have the control as a state to control that. But once again, if you live in one of those three cities, you suddenly have this immense power to start being able to raise taxes statewide by increasing betting limits. So if you live in any of these three cities and this bill passes, I imagine you will start seeing more and more ballot initiatives on your local ballot that include adding new games and upping upping the limit. So say right now that this this is all figurative, of course, but say that the bet limit is $5. If you live in one of these cities, you will probably see something that either removes the bet limit entirely, meaning I could walk in and put down $5 or a million dollars on a on a game, which I'd like to imagine a million dollars isn't a bet. But who knows? Who knows? World's a crazy place, especially this year. So that's that's what you have to consider with Amendment 77. Do you want the state, which is takes a long time to vote and has a lot more people that you have to convince either way, do we keep that power or do we give that power to the cities where 
that are are playing these games or or that are working at these casinos the people who who work at these places and live at these places and live near these places so if you want to give them control vote yes if you want to keep that control and keep betting limits then say no so that plain and simply is amendment 77 which we will be voting on here in the state of colorado very soon And now we are going to be moving on to our next proposition. Well, this one is actually a proposition. I promise. I promise. This one's actually a proposition. Proposition EE, which is a tax bill, and it would increase products on nicotine products. But it goes further. It goes further. Many of you have heard of things like vaping and non-tobacco products that have nicotine in them, which many adults use to help cease using nicotine. They help it use, use it to help ease their addiction, which I can personally say I have used those products to get over a nicotine addiction. And it's, so I know the power of these. But a lot of these products, which have nicotine in them, but no tobacco in and of themselves, aren't being taxed or aren't being taxed very much. So what this would be doing, this bill, Proposition EE, what it would be doing is it would be doing two main functions. It would be, one, increasing taxes on tobacco products that are already being taxed, and two, it would create a new tax on nicotine products that don't include tobacco. So that includes things like vape, nicotine gum, nicotine patches. So any nicotine product would now be taxed, which in part, part of the reason we use taxes, the government has a lot of reasons for using taxes, but taxes can be used in a lot of different ways. So oftentimes it's the, the government attempts to raise taxes on things to help discourage those things, but they also use it to raise more money because that's the primary function of taxes is to raise money. So by raising taxes, you raise your revenue, plain and simple. So Proposition EE is fairly cut and dry in this case. So if you vote yes on this, nicotine products, which aren't currently taxed, will be taxed and tobacco taxes will increase. So this this one was pretty short. This one was pretty easy, which I enjoy, and I hope you enjoy something that's that's fairly cut and dry. I, I mean, we could dive into the numbers, but really that wouldn't give us any better of a picture on what we're voting on than what we already have, which is to tax or not to tax. So that's the question on Proposition EE for you. Are we going to increase taxes on nicotine? Are we going to create taxes on nicotine? So, this is, this is really all up to you guys. I'm just, I'm just a talking head. I'm just here to tell you what I know. So, Proposition EE, the Proposition on Nicotine Products, is one that you have to vote on, just like all of these are. So, hopefully that was easy enough to understand. I think that bill in particular was. And so, we're going to take one last quick break, and when we come back... We're going to be talking about who's allowed to vote in the state of Colorado and when are they allowed to vote. I'm Preston Ross, and you're listening to The Pulse.
We'll be right back. If you're listening to this right now, you are listening to this on Ames Student Radio. But if you miss any part of the show and want to catch more of it, you can find this podcast by searching for The Pulse with Preston Ross in podcast form anywhere you find your podcasts. And we're back. I'm Preston Ross. You're listening to The Pulse. And we're going to end today's show by talking about Amendment 76, which, in its title, is Citizenship Qualification of Voters. Which, this, when I read that title, I understood that this could be far more contentious than I think it will be, but I also understand that it could be far more complicated than we can understand on its face. So, let's dive in. Amendment 76 to the Colorado State Constitution, if it passes, would specify that, quote, only a citizen, close quote, of the United States, rather than, quote, every citizen, close quote, of the United States, is eligible to vote in Colorado elections. Now, you may say, what? And that's kind of what I said at first, but so... Right now, in the state of Colorado, it is specified that every citizen, and this is true in the United States Constitution, that it is specified that every citizen of the United States, within certain requirements, is eligible to vote. Now, of course, there are rules and regulations to that, so in many places, if you've committed a felony, that will no longer be true. You usually have your right to vote stripped. If you are not a citizen, you can't vote, at least not according to these rules that we currently have, and if you aren't within the constraints of that citizenship, so not only do you have to be a citizen, but oftentimes you have to be of a certain age. In in the United States, that is 18 for now in the Constitution. So what would this bill be doing? It's It's a little tricky, and it all depends on the wording. So Essentially, in the state of Colorado, what we have right now is a system that allows 17-year-olds to vote under one condition and only in one type of election. So if you are a 17-year-old, say you're a senior in high school, you're 17, you're going to be turning 18 this summer, and then you're going to vote in the election later this year. But the primaries are happening in the spring. The primaries are happening before your birthday, and you're not going to be old enough to vote. Well, guess what? In the state of Colorado, if you are 17 and you will be eligible to vote in the general election in the fall, then you are allowed, well, I guess depending on what election year is and what elections you're looking at, but anyways, you can vote in the primaries if you're 17, so long as you're going to be able to vote in the general election that concerns those very primaries. So, for example, if you were 17 in July this year and you turned 18 in September, you could have voted in the primaries in your state for various things, including who the nominee for your party or one of the parties, depending on how you're registered, is who who that is. So you can vote on that at the age of 17 in the state of Colorado but only if you're going to be able to vote for that candidate, even if it's not the candidate that you voted for. Um, You know, you can 
vote in later on in the year. So, and there's some contention around this. I understand there is a somewhat national movement to try to allow 16-year-olds to vote, or, or people younger than 18, at the very least, in all elections. So there is that campaign going on, which isn't the issue we're focusing on now, so we won't go into it. But what this bill would do is essentially essentially just change a couple of words. And some some people say that this would prevent in the future, so the arguments against this bill, or the argument for this bill, my apologies, is that this would prevent any changes to who's allowed to vote in Colorado in the future and attempt to rein that in before it becomes a problem. But the arguments against this bill would argue that there is no problem and no problem will occur because the Constitution in the United States does indeed say that every citizen is allowed to vote. So some people think that this is bringing up an issue that isn't real and other people think that this is a protective measure. So if you believe that in the state of Colorado you have to be 18 to vote at all, doesn't matter for what or when, you should vote yes on this bill. But if you think that it's only fair to the teenagers who are going to be voting, you know, the the blooming adults who are going to be voting, or the young adults, you know, the soon-to-be young adults who are going to be voting in general elections should have a voice in the primaries, then vote yes on this, or vote no, vote no on this bill. Man, I'm being confusing today. I apologize. I'll state that more clearly here right now. If you want 17-year-olds to be able to vote in primaries, vote no. If you don't want 17-year-olds to be able to vote in the primaries, vote yes. Because in the state of Colorado, that's pretty much all that's going to change if this bill passes. So, Amendment 76. Well, I was going to stop there, but I I do want to go further and stress... Since this has been such a contentious election cycle, and there's so many things going on, there's a lot going on in the world, it's all impossible to keep up with, we have to remember the importance of our power to vote. We have to remember that importance as Americans, as Coloradans, and simply as as people with ideals, I think, as a, as a nation who at the very at the very least claims to have ideals but oftentimes shows those ideals it, it's important for us to understand that if those ideals go in a direction opposite of what we the people believe we have to vote to, to change that or if they're going in the direction that we very much like we have to vote to keep that so your vote matters it really does in 2016, the presidential election, almost, I think it was 40 some odd percent, I know it was 40 some odd percent of eligible voters didn't vote. I'll repeat that. 40 some odd percent of eligible voters in 2016 didn't even cast a vote for the office of presidency. And yet, over the last four years, we keep talking about 2016 and everything that's happened since then in this context of 
how many Republicans voted for it, how many Democrats voted for it. But we neglect, we neglectfully, we, we gladly neglect thinking about the people who could have voted and didn't. And how do you get those people to vote? How do you get those people to vote? And my solution here is going to be to say, go vote. It actually matters. Your vote does matter. If half the country says that their vote doesn't matter and they don't vote, then that becomes true. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. But if you are part of that 50% who, or almost 50%, who, who didn't vote, go vote. Gosh darn it, go vote. Because then you will, your voice will actually matter. But if you don't vote, of course your vote won't matter. So go vote, go vote, go vote, go vote. I, I can't stress this enough, and I'll, I promise I'll try to keep myself in check on this show, but I think it's important. Frankly, I don't care which side you vote for. I, I care more that you are voting, because if everybody in this country who wanted to vote voted, we would have more clearly an idea of what the American people as a whole actually want to see happen in this country, and that's incredibly difficult to parse out right now. It's especially with the creation of cell phones and the decline of home phones, it's become harder for pollsters to reach people. And so polls have become, polling has become more difficult than it was in the past. Now we also have the internet, but I mean, if you trust the internet with just about anything, you're, you're playing a dangerous game. That's not to say that there's not truth on the internet. You can't find anything good on the internet. Like, hopefully you're finding this show on the internet, and hopefully you consider the show as good. So, but if, if you just gotta vote, that's what I'm trying to say here, people. At the end of the day, if you don't vote, your vote doesn't matter, because you didn't cast one. So, don't forget to go vote, and if you're not registered to vote yet, I know for a fact in the state of Colorado, you can go to govotecolorado.org. I know I said this, said this at the beginning of the show, so uh, I will say it again before we leave. Go to govotecolorado.org. .gov, sorry. Color, govotecolorado.gov. And register to vote. But furthermore, if you're registered to vote, go vote. Go to the polls if you can. If you can't, make make sure you fill out your ballot when it comes in the mail. Because in the state of Colorado, if you're a registered voter, you get a ballot in the mail delivered to your home. You can, you can vote in your PJs. You can vote in front of the television. Or you can vote listening to this show, going over what bills are, you know, what, what, what you're voting on. So, please, please, please. If you're listening to this, and you've made it this far, you clearly care at least a little bit about politics. And if that is true, I want you to vote. Because I do know some of you listeners haven't voted in the past. And to me, that that baffles me a little bit, because if you care enough to listen to me babble on and on and on, and spend your time listening to me babbling on and on and on about these things that I may find incredibly fascinating, but can be incredibly dry, if you're wasting your time doing that, you might as well spend your time voting. Even if you don't take that long, even if you don't vote on everything, because, surprise, a ballot isn't, you know, a ballot doesn't count if it's full, it counts if it's submitted within the rules and regulations of your state, so please go vote, or stay at home and vote, I suppose, since everything shows up in the mail, 
And if you're not registered, please go register at GoVoteColorado.gov. That's GoVoteColorado.gov. I'm Preston Ross, and this is The Pulse. Hopefully, this was a good start to our season, and we have so much more coming this season as we get closer and closer to Election Day. And I do say, I, I, I can say, that as we get closer to the election, I will focus a little bit more on the national election. And after elections have happened, I will help you kind of try to parse through some of what happened, at least in the state of Colorado and regarding the presidency. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a crazy year. It already has been. So why expect anything less? <laughs> so I hope you enjoyed the show today and I hope you listen in again soon. So I'm Preston Ross. Once again, I'm Preston Ross. This is The Pulse. If you're listening live, you're listening on AM Student Radio. And if you're listening not live, you're listening on the podcast version of this show, which you can find anywhere you find your podcasts. So thank you for listening and have a great day.